This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 149. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today, we're joined by Stephanie Hudson. Stephanie is a geek, entrepreneur, inventor, and craft beer lover. Her passion is helping grow agencies to scale and thrive through her white label company, Focus WP. Welcome, Stephanie. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, you guys. It's so nice to be here. Stephanie, what a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Well, uh, I have been in the WordPress space for about as long as there's been a WordPress space. I've been making websites since dial-up days, which makes me feel super old. But uh, I'm currently, uh, I'm a Divi girl. I am on the Divi Chat podcast and I I, I like Divi, but I'm, um, I'm not a hater of the other builders and things like that. I just, well, I think we should all be able to get along. So I, uh, I've run an agency, I've freelanced, I've done all the things. I've had a full-time job with a boss who watched over my shoulder all day long. So I've done all of these things. And then I started to sort of take all that knowledge and mix it together. And we have a white label company, my business partner and I, that where we do uh, services for agencies. And so I really am having a great time helping agencies to scale and grow. And one of my favorite little pet projects is to like take freelancers who are super insecure and give them a little pep talk before a proposal is due or something and, and help them to get more money because they never think they're worth it. So I'm just, I'm just in general kind of a geek. Yeah. Well, I'm super positive too. I can sense you've got a lot of great <laughs> energy. So that's great. And I think we have all, all of the major page builders represented here because I use Beaver Builder mostly, although I'm going to try Elementor soon and Liam's an mm. Elementor user. So we can, we can all get along. All the It's hard days builders. for Elementor right now. Yeah. They've had a little rough. Yeah. Time. If you want to talk, if like, but Divi people understand because we've been bashed forever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Divi community is huge. I mean, it really is. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it really, and it's like, it's such a nice culture. I mean, when anything gets to a certain size, you have your, you have your haters and your trolls, but for the most part, it's really, uh, it's been incredible. And I, like, I really am not a, a side taker. I, I think it's so silly that people think that's worth fighting over. And he, I just, in fact, I just posted in a Facebook group this morning. Like it's, somebody was like, Oh, I, I want to try a builder. What should I use? And it's like every side is like, and I said, you know what? Pick a tool and go with it. Like you can build a great site in literally any of these builders. I just yeah. decided early on to stick to one. I was building sites yeah. in WordPress in general. And I, I'm not like the best developer ever. I'm not the best designer ever. Uh, ever. You know, I'm more of the visionary type and I can just get crap done. But uh, I, I was like, I'm sick of trying to figure out a new theme every single time. And mm -hmm. so I was like, I needed to find a company that had a lot of themes and there was elegant themes and they had a dozen or more, maybe 20 themes. And so I thought I can make, I can serve any client I need to with this little toolkit. And then before you know, it came Divi 1.0 and I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause I think they were pretty much the first builder. Mm -hmm. well, and I just already happened to be other. with elegant themes. Yeah. There are some others that we, but that was the first one. The other ones. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I don't care. Like that just was the first one I'd ever seen. And it was very early days for that whole concept kind of. So anyway, and, I, and then uh, the next, then I'd learn about other ones. And I'm like, I want to try that. I try. And I was like, no, I've invested in this ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with it. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you though. Or couldn't agree with you more there. I was going to say, what are we going to fight? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> just, you know, they're. I don't want to say they're all the same, but you know, they're all hammers, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're all screwdrivers. Exactly. And, and then it's just the amount of time it takes to learn how to use a new hammer or a new screwdriver often isn't, isn't worth it. So I, I agree with you. Find one that works for you and, and run with that and let the others live for sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, I want to ask you about inventing. What have you okay. invented? What did, oh I, my gosh. Tell us about that. Uh, I'm gonna have to ask you to sign an NDA first, if possible. I can't give away only my if it's secrets. 14 pages long. I've said I've said for years I need to marry uh, like a mechanical engineer or something because I can dream up so many things, but I don't know how to make them. I'm I'm that person that has like notebooks full of doodles of all different things. You know, uh, like okay, I'll give you a couple. I've invented an automatic rocking chair rocker. So really useful things like that, you know, I have invented in my mind, like my, my all-time favorite one is a new umbrella. I've, I've redone the umbrella. It's, it's such an annoying tool that we have. The, dr- the driest spot on the umbrella is taken up by the stick. You can't ever get there. So I, got, I just like, it's mo- most of my things are improvements on things that already exist but I like re- reimagine them so anyway and I that's like one of my favorite little goofy things to do I love it that's really cool <laughs> yeah I mean they never come to fruition and I'm just one of those people that gets mad when stuff is made and I'm like that was my idea wow nobody <laughs> nobody ever believes you though Stephanie what was your path to WordPress how did you even get started in WordPress um I had a full-time job. I lived in Atlanta. I worked for the for Georgia Tech. I was the web developer for the College of Engineering. And we were, we had to rebuild that site. And somehow we evaluated a bunch and I ended up using Drupal. And so Drupal was the go-to for a couple years. And then I came to my senses. And I, <laughs> I found WordPress and I moved in that direction and I have never looked back. That's not true. One time I did look back, somebody brought, said, oh, I have a Drupal site. Uh, I need some help or, you know, some small little thing. And I was like, I built a huge Drupal site back in the day. I, you, it's, it's unrecognizable and you can't do. I had, I had a little stint with uh, Joomla. Remember the remember good old Joomla too? Also terrible. So anyway, I, I made my rounds and that's just where I ended up. Nice. Well, we're glad you're here. Thank how about, you, me too. How about the WordPress community? So you're in the Divi community. Before you discovered that, were, were you involved in the WordPress community at all? Uh, not, sort of thing? Um, not a ton. It's, it's always like, I really got into the community through Facebook. I can't like, it blows my mind actually how useful Facebook is to me for my business and for my sanity. And, but none of the front facing, like none of the grandmas posting 
things that they forwarded without fact checking, none of the pictures of kids, none of the politics, like none of the stuff that everybody thinks is Facebook, but it's all the behind the scenes. It's all the groups and the messenger chats that you have and all these like connections that you make. It's, it's unbelievable to me. I've never been much of a Twitter girl. Um, I, I just, it's like never clicked for me, but you know how we all have our ways. Like we all have our platforms that we like and stuff. And uh, as far as community goes though, like, I just think you can't, you can't beat um, Facebook for, for the groups and things like that. It's just been so incredible. And I am involved in the Divi community, but not, not exclusively. Like there's so many general WordPress things, you know, and I actually, I have a Facebook group myself because I got a little frustrated because it was like, if I wanted to look, like ask questions or reach out to people about like this plugin, you know, or like speeding up a WordPress site or using this WooCommerce tool or, you know, like something it, like so many groups were so niched down that it was like, and um, there's a lot of Divi groups that I'm in. And there was so many people that became like a hashtag in there, NDR, not Divi related, <laughs> NDR. And so it was like, because they wanted everybody had all the there's just like so many other things to talk about like if you build wordpress websites whether you're a freelancer or a small team whatever you know like there's a business there like there's so many other things like how do you set up your billing what do you use for bookkeeping what email like program do you guys use do you use anything for your productivity like there's so many business things to talk about and sometimes you just have what i call a bad entrepreneur day and you just need to be around other people who have been there or you need to have a cry or have somebody send you some good memes to cheer you up or something like that. You know, say like, it's all right. This project sucks. The next one will be OK. You know, you just need that. So I created the little group called Focus on Your Biz because my company's called Focus WP. You know, so uh, anyway, so we have that's where I spend a lot of time, too, because it's it's those it's sort of that's my little tribe in addition to all the other specific things. But. I love it. It's, uh, it's fun. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying about, you know, niche groups are great when you need that. But I, I, I could see how it's a challenge, right? Because you join a new group, and you don't want to like, just jump in and like, hey, here's all my needs. Can everybody help me right away? You exactly. Know, there's, a certain, there's a certain like, let me see if I can answer a question for somebody else. Let me contribute to the right. conversation. Let me build some some respect in this community and then you know by that time the deadline and the need is gone so it's kind of helpful right. to to have a, a group where it is more open-ended and and that can take time to grow how are you going about growing that um it's growing kind of slowly it's starting to we only have a few hundred members we're close to 400 i think and uh part of me wants to grow you know i look and i see some of these other groups and they're like 2000 people, 10,000 people, all this stuff. But then again, it's like, I've heard people say like that, like 500 mark is, is nice. Other, other colleagues that have groups, because once you get past that, you have to start moderating. You have to start like dealing with the struggles of it and stuff. So I really just, I mean, I'm a big networker. I'm very open to um, just sort of meeting people and having conversations. It almost always ends up something cool happening. Like, I love it. And so anybody that I talk to, I'm like, Hey, you should join my group. And I send them a link and they do. And so it's sort of just been most everyone in the group has been brought in by me. Some people invite, you know, others and things like that, but, and I talk about it on the podcast, the Divi chat podcast a bit too, just cause that's in my little intro, you know, but um, yeah, so it's, it's just growing slowly. It's not a group, 
revenue generator for me or anything like that. It's just sort of a, a nice place to be. Yeah, I like that. Before we, we hit the record button, uh, Tara was anxiously looking forward to hearing about your affection for craft beer. Maybe we can, oh. we can steer the conversation that way a little bit. What about craft beer do you like? Are you, do you make your own beer? Do you just enjoy the different types? Oh, Talk no, no, it. no. Uh-uh. No, I, um, so a few years ago, I was thinking about truly trying to niche my agency. I have an agency called Sweet Tea Marketing because we're in the South and Charlotte. And so it was like, we wanted to, I had a different business partner in that, in that um, business. And we were so tired of how many clients we get that have been basically just screwed over by their developers before. And they, it gives our, um, it gives our industry a bad name. You know, it's almost like we're the used car salesman of the internet. Like nobody trusts us. They always think like we're trying to get one over on them and things like that. And so we were trying to go with like, uh, let's go with Southern integrity and all this stuff. So the fact that it was a beverage name was kind of like, it was just a, something Southern, but then it ended up going down a road where I I've thought, Oh, well, let's, um, we need to, I really wanted to niche down and, and find something. And so, uh, I I've said for a long time, like everybody always wants to figure out, Oh, how do I pick a niche? How do I pick a niche? And I've always sort of said like, if I had like two or three sites in any industry, I think I could make it a niche, you know, cause that's what you need really. You just need some experience in that industry and some contacts and stuff. So I ha we happen to be working with a few breweries and I love craft beer and there's an explosion of it. I mean, everywhere in the country, but Charlotte was really a big growth center there. And so I joined the guild and I went to the conferences and I sort of spun off a side thing where I called it sweet tea craft marketing. And I ended up doing like a video series with some friends, some guys in the industry. They, um, cause I, I would have beers with these guys and I thought, wouldn't this be kind of funny? Like to do like a tasting show where one of them was a Cicerone trained, um, beer, uh, oh, he's going to kill me that I can't remember the name, but anyway, he's Cicerone trained. So he's like up there. It's like in the, not the like main, the top level where there's only like 19 in the world, but he's the one right below that. And, but still impressive. And then there was another guy who was a home brewer. And so he, he was a Cicerone server, which for those who don't know, Cicerone is like a sommelier of wine. Cicerone is the beer version of that. And so I said, you know what we should do guys is we should review beers together and like have your perspective as a, you know, this big shot, have your perspective as a home brewer. And then I'll be like, yeah, it tastes good. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> I don't know. Than a Miller Lite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I learned so much about beer and all that. And I, you know, and then I would, it ended up morphing into, I would talk about like the packaging and the branding and all that stuff is how the whole thing ended. And it, it was just super fun. It was just a, a thing we did to just get a little recognition in the industry. That is really fun. What's your, what's your favorite beer of the moment? Do you have one or style? Um, I, I don't, I, I am an IPA girl. I know everybody. I like a juicy IPA. They're not like, it's not a real impressive favorite, but I can't help it. I it's love kind it. of like what happened to Merlot, right? That what's that? Yeah. Sideways. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like now the, the same thing with the IPAs, but I, I, I'm in that camp as well. Like a hazy IPA is pretty darn good. hazy. Yeah. It's so, I just love them. They're so good. I don't need a lot of like 
fruits or fancy yeah. stuff, the milkshake mm-hmm. ones. I don't need, I don't need all that. I just like a, a good old hazy IVA. Give me that any day. Yeah. I hear ya. Well, that's fun. That's cool. I met the other end. I'm of a malt drinker, malt mm-hmm. beer. Oh. Uh, Vienna Lager, Martin, alt beers. That's what I like. Yeah. Nice. See, now that's so much cooler of an answer. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. I don't know that I did yeah. it. It's not cool. It just, it is what it is. And then if it's an IPA, it's got to be a double because I don't like, I don't like mm-hmm. the really tart. Um, well, it's not the tartness. It's more the way the dryness. Bitter. The hoppiness. The dubiness, uh, yeah. So yeah. for whatever reason, if they double the IPA, whatever that means, it uh, it drinks a little smoother. And a- I'll, I'll have to send you guys a link. Maybe you can put in the show notes to these the series we did where I'm a dork yeah. and I don't know anything. And I, they just make fun of me the way I describe them because they're like, oh, I got banana notes. And I'm like, what? Like this <laughs> in your beer? Like they can just taste things that I can't taste. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. My husband is a home brewer and a beer. Oh, cool. Um, so... We always have beer on tap, which has been really nice during the pandemic because, you know, you can have, I say like, it's nice because you can just have a little bit. You don't have to like Uh commit to a whole bottle, but you can also have a little bit and then a little bit. And then a little bit more. A little bit, a a lot of times. Yes. Yes. So he taught me how I've done it. I've done it once, but uh, he's got it down to a Those guys, Um, you know, you look at uh, the brewery, like the stereotype of the guy with the beard and and the tattoos and all this stuff and the beanie. And they have a certain, there's a certain connotation of that. I'm telling you what, these guys are chemists. Yes. They're it unbelievable. A science, it's a science project. And it's also like a janitorial kind of thing too. There's a lot of cleaning <laughs> yeah. and there sterilizing is. that goes into uh-huh. it as well. But yeah. yeah. And there, there's actually, it's, I've been, um, I've gone to some uh, like meetup type things, presentations with women brewers. So that's also a really growing trend is uh, women. It is. Beer. Women actually, in the industry is That's how it huge. started before men only got involved in making beer when it started to become I an know. industry. Women, I know. women started it. So in honor of it is. Women's History Month, I will. That's right. Yeah. Yesterday or something was Did International Women's Day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, we could probably talk about beer and make hallway chats into the hot. Well, actually, I mean, I guess. Speaking of hallway chats, beer, though, yeah. like the hallway chats at the brewery conferences. Oh, my gosh. At, yeah. You go to a brewery conference. It is so different than a word camp. It's uh like you get there and when you get your little swag bag for attending the conference, it has a cup yes. and you just walk around. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like a branded cup or mug and you just, and there's just people pouring beer all the, the whole place, like all over. You just drink the whole entire time. Yeah. So it was a fun niche to choose. It is. Yeah. yeah that's a, that's a, that's a smart move. I like that. Stephanie, I want to, I want to ask you one of our signature questions if I can, and it's around sure. success. And the question is really, how would you define success? What is your definition? And it can be a mixture of a personal definition or a professional definition, or maybe for you, it's a combo. How do you define success? That's such a hard question. Can't we just keep talking about beer? Liam? <laughs> I think that you guys are muted because they, the <laughs> they can't hear you laughing at my jokes. I, I need the feedback, you guys. Come on. <laughs> I right, um, unmuted. Go ahead. Okay, good. So success, success. What, how do you define success? I mean, you got to wake up in the morning and feel good about what you're doing. You got to go to bed at night feeling like you accomplished something. Uh, to me, there is, I mean, if we're talking success, uh, it, we're in the United States of America, there's going to be dollars involved, right? So what is success for me financially is like, I want to be able to not have to worry about my bills. I want to be able to take care of my family when they need it. 
and I want to be able to take a vacation once in a while. You know, the V word that we never get to really talk about, but I, you know, so success is uh, how you feel about what you're doing to me and to have something that you can really be proud of that you're doing. So, and I, I like helping people. So that brings me a feeling of success a lot of times. Let's talk about helping people. You, you mentioned at the start or Tara read at the start of the show that you've got a, a business that helps agencies grow. Tell us about that. What does, what does that mean day to day for you? What does that look like? Uh, so that there's a good backstory on it. That's especially appropriate for this show. And that Please is, share. I, share. I was at a word camp and there was a little, it wasn't exactly a hallway. It was, uh, like before, um, before the sessions began, there was a little divvy uh, coffee and donuts meetup. And so I went there and I was by myself. And this is like, it's, I am clearly not shy. <laughs> I'm not a shy person. I'm very gregarious. <laughs> but like in, in a conference setting, I've, it's like, I can't figure out the psychology of it, but it's so awkward to be by yourself and to approach a group of people. But I have found that if you just have somebody standing next to you and two people approach a group, it's not weird. I don't know what that is. And you're thinking I'm crazy right now, but the next time we're ever allowed in public, you watch, it's totally true. Like you, it's just not as awkward. And so um, there was another guy there who I had just sort of met just casually. We were both at the coffee thing or whatever. And we had just chatted just for a couple minutes. And then I walked away and I realized he didn't know anybody there either. And a lot of the other folks did. And I went back up to him and I said, hey, would you like to be my conference buddy today? And he looks at me and said, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, yeah, do you want to be conference buddies? And he was like, sure. <laughs> so we hung out, we hung out all day. I mean, th through the whole conference and in our little, then the hallway chats that he and I had, we were talking about our agencies and my agency, I had like systematized maintenance and care plans. And I loved care plans. This was before care plans were like I'm like, it's like, I know it sounds so hipster of me. It was before care plans were cool guys, <laughs> but I was really into it. And I had like, they were super profitable for me. And he was in the camp that like, they were a pain in the neck. And so we talked about all this stuff. We talked about our pricing. We talked about the staff, we use all this stuff. And then um, like a week after word camp was over, he sends me a text and says, I just sent you an email. Don't freak out, read it. And I opened my email and he sent me a business plan. He said, let's take this model that you've built, let's perfect it. Let's build more stuff around it. And let's do this as a business. So we started doing care plans and it, we found out that it really was a useful service for people. We white label it. So they get all the credit. We put their logo on the reports and everything. But then we started to realize like, now that they trust us with their websites to care for them, they would also say like, uh, could you help me figure this out? Or could you do that? Or what about, I have this bill. Do you guys know anybody? And so we started doing little side projects and we realized like, gosh, these agencies, like there's so many more ways we could help. So we added on development services and then we added on copywriting services. And cause these are the things that are hard to find, you know, it's hard to get, uh, you know, there's a million developers, but to find somebody that you can trust that isn't going to flake on your project, you know, or that has the skill set that they say they have, or there's quality control involved. You know I mean? We've all had projects where we hire somebody on a recommendation or just we found them on Upwork or whatever and they flake midway and then you're up pulling all-nighters the rest of the week to get the deadline done. You know, so we wanted to have something that was like reliable, that was really beneficial to these agencies and something that they could mark up so they could scale and grow because so many of them are just one-man shops 
you know, and there's just a capacity there. Like you, you really only have so many hours and you're really never going to take a vacation if it's all on you. So to help them realize like you can, you can take on more work, you can offer services that you aren't really maybe confident in, you know, all of those things. And so, so it went from just care plans to these services to then I started to realize like, they actually need like pep talks and a little, it's not coaching. Like I don't do coaching, but I, I have been sort of leaning down a little bit of that road to say like, here's how you do this. Like we just filmed a video series with someone who it's just going to be like a little one-off thing that it's like, I help her go like create a proposal. And it's like, she would come back to me after meeting with the client and I'd say like, okay, that went good. Now do this. And you know, we just did a little thing like that because there's so many folks that are just insecure for no reason you know, we're all in our little bubble and they, sometimes you just need somebody to say like, Hey, you're doing great. <laughs> you are. And gosh, darn it. People like you. Thank you, Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Homage to Saturday Night Live. Appreciate it. So, that. yeah. So that's, I, that didn't answer your question at all, actually. Like that doesn't tell you what my day looks like, but that's, that's what we do. And that's we what I like. We can extrapolate from that. That's a good answer. I'll take it. Thank I, you. I still do have my agency, but it's, um, I, I just, I love having an agency. It's always been my thing. I love help me helping clients too. But lately I'm just like, people come to me for a quote and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that. I want to go work with the agencies. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. How do you balance that? Right? Because I mean, it's, we have a passion and it sounds like your, your business is and your passion is focused now on, on this business on focus WP, but if somebody comes to you and says, like, look, I got 10 grand or I got five grand or I've got two grand or whatever it is, mm-hmm. we trust you. Can you do it? It, it can be a challenge to say, mm. and if, you know, if they're good people and you like them kind of thing, even if it's not where you want to focus, how do you how do you how do you handle that? How do you approach that? Well, I'm in a, actually in a big transition period right now because it's been possible to do both up till this point, And I'm sort of hitting that phase where it isn't. So uh, outsourcing, you know, with Focus WP, that's one of the things I preach and I do it. And I happen to be fortunate that I have this awesome team, you know, like all these teams actually of developers and writers and everything. So I do use that to fulfill a lot of my projects. And, um, and I'm in the process now of getting it like really tightening up all of my systems and things like that. And then at some point, in the near future, like within the next year, it's going to be, we're going to have to have a talk about either just scaling back or selling or, so, you know, like some change is coming. It's all a brewing right now. But yeah, so I am in a bit of a transition phase. Yeah, transitions are challenging, interesting, fun, all of those combined. What would you say? What's your biggest challenge? What do you find challenging? Saying no. Okay, that was a quick answer. Well, yeah, because I like helping people and people come and they're like, oh, and my, my favorite, my favorite phrase always is what if, so people come and talk to me and tell them, I'm like, what if you did this? And I like, I, <laughs> so it's hard for me to not like, I, I can get on a call with somebody who needs one little thing and we can turn it into a big project, which is a really nice treat to have. That's something I'm proud of that I can do. But at the same time, it's hard to do, to like, I'm really trying to stick to like what my agency is best at, which is branding and web, you know, like, let's just stick to that. Let's stop helping people figure out how to run a podcast on their own. Let's stop figuring out how to help people set up their go their Google mail, you know, like, let's just stick to what 
I'm good at and let other people do the other things. So that's why it's a little bit, that's one of the things I'm really working on right now. Great. Thanks for sharing that. I'm going to ask you another question that we ask all of our guests, which okay. is about advice. And if you have received some advice that you've implemented, that you've taken to heart and that's helped you that you would share with us. This is a weird one. Uh, I've talked about this on a couple other podcasts, I think, and it always seems weird because it's not, it wasn't advice somebody directly gave me, but about, oh gosh, 15 years ago, maybe I read this book called The Year of Yes. And it was, <laughs> this is kind of ironic since I just said saying no is my hardest thing, but uh, I didn't mean to pair those two up that way. <laughs> but uh, this book was um, written, uh, not even about business at all. It was written about dating and she she this girl was like always choosing people that were bad for her and she realized she had a pattern and she thought she knew what she wanted but when it came down to it clearly she didn't because she kept making these you know, getting into these terrible relationships so she spent an entire year and said yes to everything not not you know everything but yeah, like any person heard, yeah I think I heard her on some podcasts yeah any person who who approached her and she lived in New York City so there was a lot of interaction with you know, strangers and things like that. So she went on a date with a cab driver, with a homeless guy, with a rich guy, with a, you know, like she went and, and the person she ended up with in the end, I won't spoil it in case you want to read the year of yes. She was, it was somebody that she would have never in a million years thought would work. She's super happy with it and all that. And that really like, that was a good mindset shift for me when I read that book. It, and it affected me in different areas of my life to stop thinking that I know what I want or need. You know, like we have so many, other like there's just so many opportunities and so many different things so yes is good yes is yes is 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 a powerful thing and I know we talk a lot about saying no but saying yes can get us out of our comfort zone can push us a little bit and can open up new doors that we might not otherwise have ever thought about um I remember I, I call it being proact proactively open-minded is my phrase that I've coined I like that. I like that because it's it's easy to think of ourselves as open-minded, but it, it, to do it right, we have to be aware of, of where our limits are and acknowledge sure. that they're not as open as we often right. think they might be. And sometimes being open-minded uh, is like we're open to things that come to us if we think about being open-minded, but that's why I think of like being proactive about being open-minded. And again, in like with the theme of this show is, you know, like getting into those conversations with people in the hallways at word camps and meetups and things like you guys started a whole podcast because of all the good that comes of that. And it's different now because we can't be in person, but you can still have that like you can still approach people, you can still build relationships, you can still network, you can still like get involved in the community that is online at least. And, and like the, the things that come from it are incredible. I mean, I have a whole new business and a whole passion because of a conversation that happened at a WordCamp. And then the yeah. relationships and the tribe I've built is all just from doing that online. You know, it's really a super powerful thing. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I totally agree. And I think part of that open-mindedness too is um, is listening, like listening to what other people are sharing and and hearing their stories and their ideas and seeing what you can take from that and implement in your own life, which I've really, I mean, that's part of Hallway Chats for me is is hearing people's 
definitions of success and thinking, huh, that's interesting. Like, I wonder how I could implement that in my life. So I think that's also totally being open-minded is listening. So, and I appreciate being able to listen to you today so much. Thanks for joining us. And I'm sorry that we're out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on hallway chats. Where can people find you online, Stephanie? Uh, You can find me at focuswp.co or you can hit me up in my Facebook group. Uh, It's called focus on your biz, B-I-Z. Great. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. What a pleasure to get to know you today. I really appreciate it. This was fun, you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.